Welcome to the Leverage to Scale show. I'm Amber Vilhauer, founder and CEO of LeverageToScale.com, brought to you by NGNG Enterprises, standing for No Guts, No Glory. We work with purpose-driven business owners to develop their online platform and scale their influence. We believe that you have the opportunity to positively change the world one relationship at a time. Stick around to the end of the show in about 20 minutes and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing marketing podcasts. Let's go. Welcome Leverage to Scale listeners. Uh, my name is Dan, your host for this episode, and I'm joined today by the founder of the pre-med consultants, the pre-med consultants, I said that, um, which is a fascinating company. Uh, Adam Nessim joins me. Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks. Excited to be here. So, so as an entrepreneur, your I, I want to know a little bit more about the, the company itself and, and like why you started it, because I'm getting a feeling here that maybe you're not just a, I mean, I say just in air quotes, an entrepreneur, but like <laughs> there's something more behind this. So, so Adam, tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's get to know you. Sure. Yeah. So I grew up on Long Island, New York. Um, I, I, I currently, a, I just finished my third year of medical school. Uh, but I'll take you back a little bit. I went to Cornell for my undergrad degree, knew the entire time I was good. The goal was to be a doctor, um, kind of as I went farther along in my studies, was more sh- sure of that. Um, and got a, it, some really great mentorship myself because I noticed that this path is a long and confusing one. And so that was definitely, I'd say, a key for me in getting into a good medical school in New York, uh, being able to excel in the MCAT, et cetera. And so I went through that. I went to medical school. And um, while medical school is tough, I felt like I also wanted something more. And at the time, I was doing a lot of coaching with younger students and tutoring. I was working for a big test prep company. But I saw a need in the marketplace that I thought could really help students. I guess we can get into that in a little bit. Um, And so I decided to then kind of take this path of entrepreneurship, really go off on my own and create a product for students that I wish I had while I was going through the journey um, and that I saw a lot of students didn't have access to. And so that's kind of how I started the pre-med consultants and I d- built it up while also in medical school. And three years later, it's started to really take off uh, and see some exponential growth. So that's been really exciting. Yeah. So anybody who says I don't have time to be an entrepreneur, man, you're doing medical school and entrepreneur. So get it going right That's yeah, a lot when of i talk when i talk to people once i throw that out there it kind of it, it um stops any objections that they could have in regards to time i guess um, right, right but but the also the thing i would say is like i think i've been able to do it because i'm so passionate about what i'm doing if it mm. feels like such it doesn't feel like it's such a grind and it's actually taking energy out of me i feel like it's the balance i personally needed while in medical school because uh the medical field has a high burnout rate and so this has actually helped really balance me, um, and it's hmm. been really fun. Interesting, and it's, it is cool that you're like you're giving back to the community that you're coming out of while also supporting yourself. Like it's a, it doesn't have to be all all give, right? There's a symbiotic relationship there of actual money exchanging hands, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I get some slack on that one, but I agree. I mean, I think I, I provide a really high quality service and there's a lot, I invest a lot of my own money into making the product and service and, and growing a company. So there deep does need to be that financial gain as well. Um, yeah. But it's an extremely rewarding feeling that that financial gain comes at also being able to give back and help students that really need it. 
Yeah. So Adam, let's, let's talk a little bit about why you started that business. You mentioned a minute ago, you know, all the things that are there, it's a confusing road. So share with the listeners a little bit about why you started uh, pre-med consultants then. Sure. So I used to work for one of the major test prep companies. And what I noticed is that, so, it was, and I taught MCAT, which is the exam that the medical college admissions test, that's the exam you need to take to get into medical school. And I noticed that a lot of times students would come to me when they already did, have done three years of school, maybe are already struggling and are looking for some miracle solution that they're all of a sudden going to be able to ace this test and then get into medical school. Um, even if we were able to work with students and, and I was able to help them a lot, which I've been, was able to raise, help students raise their scores a lot. Um, then if they wanted to get, let's say admissions help with that whole process, which, which is also extremely long confusion, confusing, they'd have to purchase a separate product for that, which was really expensive as well. And so, uh, it was a very fragmented market in my opinion. And it was always buying the next service, the next service to help you then uh, get one step closer to getting into medical school. So basically what I realized is that I enjoy working with students long-term and really checking in with them, seeing how, you know, the students that I had that paid for this program that I was the teacher in, and I was just an employee at the time, I was to follow up with on my own time just to see how they were doing, et cetera. Cause I really liked that mentor mentee relationship. So what I, tried to do was create a program that was completely all-inclusive and help students throughout the entire pre-med process. So you could basically join our, our program as a freshman student and get help and guidance all the way through until you're getting into medical school, which is at, at the time when I started it, I don't think even existed in the market. I'd say there may be one or two programs now that are similar in that aspect, uh, but don't really offer the full suite of services that we do. Um, and what has been really rewarding is I, I'm able to help students earlier on in the process. So someone that, you know, comes in as a freshman, sophomore struggling, we can get them on the right path early rather than trying to salvage, let's say their applications later on. Hmm. So I, I hear one of the things I hear you say, my, one of my takeaways is relationships. That seems to be really important to you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, that's, that's huge. Yeah. So, so that speaks a little bit to your, to your why, you know, I love the Simon Sinek world of like your golden circle mm -hmm. of the why of the companies and of people too. Um, but Adam, can you shine a little bit of a light on what you look at as your motivation or maybe your responsibility as an entrepreneur? Sure. I mean, so the way I see it is my goal is to one, give back, like the customer comes first over any profits or anything and then be able to grow. My goal is to grow a company that is ultimately helping and bettering other people's lives. And if I end up also financially gaining from that, I'm, I'm happy and I'm, I've been able to employ a lot of people because of it. And that makes me happy. Um, and it, for me, it's really like a passion. It's, it's almost like I'm just having fun doing it and being able to give back and see where, where it grows. So that's the ultimate goal. And to the, I'd say, I guess, looking down the line, it's to impact even more students and more people. Yeah. And it, so this is a kind of a stretcher maybe, but I mean, I, I see this connection between your entrepreneurial world and your going into medical, being a doctor, like there's this bedside manner of mm. helping people and, and and taking care of them. And it, that seems to come through. Do you think there's a connection between entrepreneurial and medical? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I don't want to be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure the word doctor comes from uh, the word teacher. 
and so so basically in and this is like a big thing in the medical community it's like you're always teaching those that are coming after you and giving back mm-hmm. um and especially in academic medicine it's very much like pay it forward and so i think i adopted that from an earlier stage but yeah. took it in an entrepreneurial endeavor as well and yeah. so i do agree that um also, even when I'm speaking with patients and having relationships with patients, I find that being able to educate them and teach instead of just tell them something makes that relationship better. It makes them feel more informed and more a part of the decision-making process. And I think that that's, as a medical student, one of the ways that I'm able to do well and uh, really connect with patients. So I think I take some of those qualities, like you mentioned, and try to bring that into my teachings within my company and students that I work with. Yeah. And inspirational. I mean, that's really cool that you, I think that's how that all connects. Um, Adam, it seems like a lot of entrepreneurs also talk about their, their rock bottom moments, their, their hard moments. Um, it's, it's been a couple of years now for you in with this, um, the, the pre-med consultants, have you had those rock bottom moments yet where you're like, Oh, throw up your hands. What am I doing? I don't want to lie to you. So I, I, I can't say <laughs> that I've ever had like a rock bottom moment where at least I felt like that. And I don't know if that's because the moment didn't exist or because I don't see any of like the challenges I face as a rock bottom, just like a new obstacle to overcome. That's good. I would say that starting was very difficult for me. So when I, one, I was getting a decent income, not amazing working for a company. And I was like, I'm just going to cold turkey quit and then try to start something, which (laughs) was a transition. I also, I, had to wait some time to before I could actually start my company. So I was spending a lot of hours just working on growing my personal brand, strategizing, et cetera, um, without seeing any results from it. And a lot of times working on the business, especially early on with no financial gain is taking, it is still taking time away from my studies. So having to figure out how to balance those two was really challenging for me. Um, and something I had to overcome early on. Now that I have teams in place, it's, you know, we've kind of stepped over that hurdle. Um, and I've been able to manage doing both, but I'd say there are definitely challenges where, um, it was really a struggle. And if I wasn't super passionate about what I was doing, I may have quit. Yeah. And that, I mean, it sounds extremely challenging, you know, even for your, I guess I would say everyday entrepreneur. Um, do you think that, that the passion and the teams are what has helped you uh, overcome those challenges or what else? Well, so I'd say, yeah. So I think my, like, I, I think I'm lucky in the way that I'm just hardwired to not really cave into challenges. Um, I, w- I haven't had a team for that long, actually. So I was like so running the entire operation solo for two plus years. Only over the last five months have I really, we, we've went from about two to three people. So I had my brother helping me out a little bit and one trusted um, coworker and friend and then we went from like that team to about now 15 people over the wow. last five months. Um, so I, and before I was like two years before even my brother was really helping me. So I kind of had no one there. Um, so it was more just, I think, you know what, I think as I'm talking it out, the students is what probably kept me going. Even the few students that I had, like I, I pledged a service to them of like, we're, I'm going to be helping you the entire way. I mean, regardless of whether there was a company there or not, but I think the drive of like, well, I need to make this product better for them. I need to give them even better support. Um, I'd say that probably pushed me over any hurdles that I had to face as I was building up the company. Yeah. 
That's, that's, it's interesting that you say that because I think that, you know, take again, back to customer centric, right? The customer first, even if there isn't a company there, I heard you say, I'm going to help these people. So it was more about the people than the yeah. company. That's, that's a good insight. Um, so another thing I, I, I heard you say, Adam, is that you went, I mean, congratulations on that growth from three of you to 15. What's one of the teaching moments in growing that team as an entrepreneur and you're growing your team? What have you learned from that period so far? Yeah, I'd say this was, this has been, I think, in my opinion, one of the biggest challenges as a entrepreneur was this accelerated growth and being able to grow fast, but also not too fast and put the right pieces in place. So I think a couple learning points for me um, was fast action. There were times where it's like an opportunity presented itself to bring someone onto the team. Um, and I was like, oh, well, I could be, you know, looking at other people interviewing, or I can kind of just trust my gut. Uh, I figured, you know what, we could figure out, see if this works. And if not, we can always course correct afterwards. And so I, I was, went out when we were growing fast, I mean, we still are, but there was like a very quick period of that initial, like two to 15, where it was just an accelerated slope. Um, yeah. I had to take like decisive action. I think that's one of the things I learned was like, onboard new employees, get them into the company, teach them the try and incorporate them into the culture uh, and then mm. see what happens from there and be ready to make moves on the fly. And so uh, being able to manage teams and now having people under me that are managing teams has been a big uh, transition because it used to be, I did everything and now I'm having to give up autonomy in certain things and trust, put the trust in other people. Um, and so that's been a learning curve for me, but having done it and having good people around me has made my life a lot easier. And I think has allowed us to grow as a company. Yeah. And, and again, going back to what, you know, what you said again and again about taking care of people and serving them. I imagine it has to be rewarding to see those people come in and take those reins from you then, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I really try to make sure everyone on any of my employees are really happy and to be able to give them more ownership and also compensate them accordingly for taking on that ownership is great. Like I'm a big believer, as long as the person's doing a good job to basically overcompensate for it, because I think that's what will build the, the culture and drive the machine long-term. Yeah. All right. Well, sign me up. I'm in. No, um, so, <laughs> cool. So we so, have some openings. <laughs> there you go. There you go, folks. If you're listening and you want to get in on this, uh, get a hold of Adam. Um, so Adam, it sounds like things are going really well for you, but if there's, if you could redo one thing over the last year, what does that look like? Over the last, I would say, I don't know if it would be over this last year, but investing in myself early. Mm. Um, when, so like when I started, I mean, I didn't know anything about business really. I, I did. I knew a little and I was eating up podcasts. I should like listening to everything I could get my hands on reading books. Um, mm. I, invested in a program, like a business program when I was first starting and I had no money. I mean, it was just anything I had saved up. So it wasn't like I was making revenue. Um, and that kind of like put me on the right path. I think a lot of times people rely on other, whether it's coaching programs or mentors a little too much. So I realized like this is a good place to start, but I still have to figure a lot of it out on my own. Um, but then since then I kind of adopted the idea of just investing in myself, whether that's through education or investing in the product of my company. And so I'd say like doing that earlier or being willing to, you know, take on um, 
at first I was doing all the marketing. Then I was like, you know what, this is going to be an investment, but I'm going to invest in a marketing team and bring on partner for that. Um, bring on salespeople, et cetera. So I'd say like doing that earlier might've accelerated even more the growth, but I'm still happy with like the way the timing uh, worked out and everything I learned along the way. So I, I don't think I would actually go back and change anything if I, if yeah, I could. That's fair. And, it, and I, I like that what you did say though, is that if you could change it, maybe do a little more, a little more self-education and, and investing in yourself and what a humble attitude to have. Um, as you're among all of these other thinkers, right? I mean, so, so let me, let me do this. I feel like doctors or those going into mm-hmm. the health field, nurses, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff super smart people, right? Okay. You're mm-hmm. among a lot of thinkers. How do you set yourself apart as a thought leader among all of those really smart people? Well, it, it depends on what arena are you talking like in business, because no one, most people aren't like jumping into business from there or just like in general, like what, I guess, can you so, specify? So I, yeah. I mean, so I think, you know, your, your personal brand you worked on, you said, you're working on mm-hmm. the brand of pre-med consultants mm-hmm. as you, as you're branding. So often we think of thought leadership mm-hmm. and branding going hand in hand, right? Got to get your name out. You got to bring people into you, this kind of thing. Yeah. How, but you're doing it in a, in a, a niche that is, again, a lot of smart people, right? These, these people right. can be doctors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, some so people forth. like it's, if they're going to challenge you, sometimes it's harder because you need to be able to back up what you're talking about for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that I'm, I try to be as authentic as I can when I, and mm-hmm. I'm, I think I'm willing to put myself out there more than most. And that's how I differentiate myself. Um, because like, you'll be able to see if I'm making mistakes or if my journey isn't going, um, whether it's like my medical school journey or the business journey, I pretty, I basically put it all out there. So, um, I, I think we're at like 75,000 followers on Instagram and we're nearing a hundred on TikTok, which has actually been one of the keys to our, our growth, which is very interesting. We could talk about that. Um, and people, I, I put like working on the company or I'll put like, I'll do medical education or pre-med advising, et cetera. So everyone sees everything and then they can determine, you know, do they like me or not? And so I think that um, letting people, really just being real with people and letting them come to their own conclusion is probably what's helped set me apart because I think within this community, sometimes people are very guarded and don't want to be as transparent. And so, um, I would say maybe that's one of the ways I've been able to kind of break out. Uh, yeah. but I wouldn't say like I'm any smarter than any of my colleagues or anything like that. Um, I just pursue a different passion when it comes to like entrepreneurship than I think most people in the field do. Yeah. Well, and I, and I like that you said authenticity. It sounds like there's some humility in there. You're willing to teach, but also learn at the same time. So I think thought leadership is all of that. So that's well said. Um, and yeah, let's, let's dig into that TikTok thing real quick, because that really piqued my interest. I think of TikTok as like this, you know, teenagers or whatever, or like super yeah. creative and, but you're finding success on TikTok to reach pre-med students, huh? It's been wild. So, I mean, I, I was on it early. I, I have to uh, credit Gary V for that one. Nice. Um, I made, so when I started like no one, th- like this was pre TikTok, people even knowing what TikTok was. I was on the app. I remember I made a video of me doing, uh, sutures, like practicing, putting in stitches basically. Yeah. And I don't even think there were 7 million people on the app at the time, but it got 7 million views. Like, I don't know how, like how it just what? exploded. And so that, that accelerated my growth there very early, but it wasn't very targeted. People weren't on it yet. Like it wasn't mainstream at all. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a nice initial boost. So that when mainstream 
it be, started to become mainstream, I was kind of already a little bit established in the space. Um, and then I just put out a ton of educational content about advice for what pre-med should do, just students in general. Because a lot of the advice I give is like how to be a better student and studier and learn mm-hmm. information, memorize information better. And so these are tips that are applicable to all people, really in any aspect, uh, whether it's in school and maybe sometimes not even in school. And so that, I guess, started to resonate with people. And then I started to plug the program a little bit. And I will admit, I also did a couple cringy dances, but I, not too many. Um, right. But you know what? Right? I, Authentic. <laughs> I Here's what I said. Like, I've, I know for a fact I have like colleagues and some people making fun of me. Um, but I made cringy dances that have led to people finding my content, which has made them a better student. And I'll get messages of them getting A's in classes uh, that they were struggling in beforehand. And so if, yeah. if I have to get some shit, can I, if I have to get some slack for, uh, sure. for the cringy dance, like I'm okay with that. And then also yeah. it's because of that people have found my program, my services. Um, and I need to go back and look at the books, but we can contribute a very large amount of organic sales to TikTok, which is very surprising. Yeah. Well, and, and authentic, right? I want my thought leader to be authentic. I mean, if you're just going to have a little bit of a cringy dance, I can relate. It's that relatability. So that's funny. Um, so I, so two things I heard you say about that when it comes to that TikTok success, you were an early adopter and you are focused on your niche, but also kind of general, like this can be used for any studying. So those two things, entrepreneurs, think about that when it comes to these, um, you know, these, these different tactics and strategies. Um, Great stuff, Adam. Where do you see, like, how do you define success in 2021 for you and your Mm. company? So by 2021, I'd like to be expanded and established in at least two other um, graduate level programs. So we're going to be expanding into pre-dental and pre-PA. Basically, we're getting a lot of students that are asking, do we have certain, like, they want to be a PA did we have services that could help them, you know, improve as a student and help them with that process as well? Okay. Uh, so we are in the works of setting up those programs. Uh, we're in the beta pro testing version of those programs right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't see this model really in a lot of spaces. So I don't really have a financial goal, but if we can be helping even more students in other avenues by 2021, that's what I would consider success. And I'm assuming the finances will follow as well. Yeah. The Zig Ziglar route, help as many people get what they are looking for and you'll find success. I love that. Exactly. So how can the leverage to scale community jump on board and support you in that vision? Where can we find you? Where can we connect? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Adam underscore Nessum on both Instagram and TikTok. I'm putting out also Adam Nessum on YouTube where I'm putting out more, I'd say it's general uh, advice about just my journey and it's longer form content. So I'm talking about like my road through entrepreneurship, finance, personal finance, like how as a graduate student, I'm also doing a lot of business stuff. So I think maybe for your audience, YouTube would probably be a better place to find me. Um, but the TikTok and Instagram, you'll see a lot of like, if you like cool medical content and education and, and that stuff, then definitely check me out there as well. Excellent. Adam, founder of the pre-med consultants, Adam Nesson. Thank you so much for being a part of Leverage to Scale. Folks, find them on, on socials and look up pre-med consultants. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it, man. Awesome. Really appreciate it. Thank you so 
much for listening to the Leverage to Scale show. If you are a purpose-driven business owner or professional who would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit leveragetoscale.com forward slash guest. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your favorite social network. If you do that, just be sure to tag us with a hashtag leverage to scale. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and pick one winner from each platform. What do you win? We are going to promote you and your business to all of our social media fans totally free. Next, if you thought this was a valuable use of your time, please support the show and give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. I believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. My name is Amber Vilhauer, and I thank you so much for your time. Let's connect on your favorite social channels. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being a part of the No Guts, No Glory movement.